There's a table that you prepared for me In the presence of my enemies It's your body and your blood you shed for me This is how I fight my battles There's a table that you prepared for me in the presence of my enemies it's your body and your blood you shed for me this is how i fight my battles This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how. In the battle. I know that you're with me And surely your goodness and your mercy follow me So my weapons are praise and thanksgiving This is how I fight my battles And I believe you've overcome song of praise for all you've done cause this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles this is how I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Yeah. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles.
That's pretty amazing. But he shared a word with me that I felt just really fit. So Joshua, share what the Lord showed you for us. But not only for us, I think there's a bunch of us. It's four, okay? And then Jerry will come up. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, like uh, Pastor David said, uh, I'm from Texas. uh, And so my wife and I visited. Yeah, Texas. So uh, boots and everything. I mean, pocket knife. I mean, it's it's the the real deal. and so uh, my wife and I visited uh, early December for one of the Carolina Friday nights. Uh, we were actually visiting some uh, friends for a wedding in Asheville, and, and we wanted to, we love the, the clear air that's here in Moravian Falls. And so uh, we visited and uh, went back to Texas, and we had about four days of winter, and uh, that's about all we've had. But while, we were, while I was uh, stoking the fire uh, in my fireplace, the Lord started speaking to me about y'all. And so uh, he had me craft this word that's, that's specific to this group here, and so I wanted to release that to y'all. And so the Lord says, uh, the coals. The coals are those with salt and pepper hair, gray hair, white hair, or no hair at all. They are those that once burned brightly with the flame of the Lord, but now have been reduced to smoking embers, waiting for their lights to fade and fizzle out. The Lord says, no more. I am blowing on this generation with my holy wind. Those fizzling embers will burn bright, white hot with the flame of the Lord. The ashes of pain, sickness, loneliness, and despair are being blown away by my holy wind, says the Lord. The Lord began to show me that this generation is a catalyst for the great harvest. Without Without it, my generation and those after me will not have the foundation to fulfill our destiny. The lie of the enemy is that the future is up to the younger generations. The truth is that we cannot fulfill our destiny until you fulfill yours. (sighs) It was the coals taken from the altar to offer up incense before the Lord 
Hot coals are used to fashion tools for harvest and weapons for warfare. It was a coal that touched the lips of Isaiah before the Lord asked, whom shall I send and who will go for us? The Lord is releasing an anointing in this hour of restoration. He is restoring your purpose. He is restoring your youth. He is restoring your faith. He is healing bodies. He is healing minds. He's healing broken hearts, and he's returning loved ones into the fold. This shall be your greatest hour, says the Lord. And specifically for this body, uh, I looked and I saw, and I see a coming and a going. And I see this place like an apostolic fire center with healing signs and wonders. I see an increase in, in creativity, new songs being written, new uh, artists being released. Uh, and I, I just see that the Lord is bringing in people to be ignited. Wet logs, dry logs, old logs, dull logs that shouldn't burn. He's going to bring here uh, to set a light. And then I also see that he's sending some of you out, some of you that uh, didn't think that, that your time was over, that, that, that it's, I'm just waiting uh, to go home, uh, he's not done. And the Lord just, I just, he kept, he just kept saying over and over, I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. And so I just released that to y'all. And Father, I just ask that your holy wind blow right now in Jesus' name on this generation, that you would ignite them, that those things that would f those things would fall off, Jesus, that those ashes would, ashes would disappear and that uh, they would burn white hot with your presence. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. One who made the deaf to hear Silencing my every fear Silencing my every fear One who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear, silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear. I believe in you. I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles, I believe in, I believe in you, I believe in you. The God of miracles, the one who does impossible, is reaching out to make us whole. He's reaching out to make us whole. The one who put death in its place, 
His life is flowing through our veins. His life is flowing through our veins. We believe in you. We believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Come on, tell him we believe. We believe in you. We believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Yeah, we believe, yeah. We believe in you. We believe in you. You're the God of miracles. We believe. We believe in you. We believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Well, good. Amen. I sound like I've swallowed the frog, but that's from screaming yesterday for hours. Uh, but we're going to make it. I know guys that go to football games and hockey games, and they scream till they can't even talk. But uh, I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ is all that we need. I really mean that. In him is the fullness of God. And I, I want you to really plug into him. Oh, there, there's a book falling at me. Good gracious. Why, it's a shepherd's rod. This is one for, I wrote for 2022. 20, uh, and uh, I was right over there uh, in my house and I was sitting. I could just, let me just read this a little bit out of here. And I'll show you how it happened. It, it's, it's the wildest thing. Okay, uh, here it is. You ready? Yes, here we go. Oh, Lord. One time the Lord said, I want you to make an audio book, you know. So I thought to myself, how hard could that be? So, you know, uh, I got me a microphone with a big fuzzy thing around it. I got my ready, and uh, I was going to do my first audio book. So here it is. See Jane Run. It was the worst thing you've ever heard in your life. Uh, and I thought, Goodness, so I've never finished my first audio book, so let me practice on you. Look what's, uh, here it is. It is September the 15th, 2021, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. I'm sitting quietly in my study in Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Words cannot properly describe the excitement and the expectation within my spirit. There's a super stillness in the air, but there's a divine expectation knowing that in uh, just a little while, I'll have this encounter and visitation from the Lord. And so I'm sitting there waiting, and here's what happened. The Holy Spirit said in a very, very strong tone, what are your plans for moving the church from simply surviving to divinely thriving? That's what he said, and that's how he said it. What are your plans? So you better be honest around God. So I said um, to myself, I don't think I have one. And so I, I, I thought there for a moment, and then here's what happened. I said, here's my plan. I'm going to wait before Almighty God till he talks to me and tells me what I'm supposed to do. You could hear the angels go, good answer. That's the honest truth. But that's what we've got to do. Somehow... Uh, the devil is trying to get us so wore out till we're just barely hanging on. No, God wants us to prosper. And that's what this, the shepherd tribe is about.
prospering in his presence. Psalms 16:11 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. And we need to know how to get into the presence of God and let the presence of God get into us. His presence changes everything, doesn't it? Oh, man. Oh, he can, uh, I don't know how to describe to you that nothing is impossible with God. He raises the dead. He walks on water. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, I walked on air once. What? Yes, I did. Don't lie in church. Look at Ananias and Sapphira. Don't lie in church. Tell the truth. We wrote, my wife and I were over in Bulgaria, and we were preaching outdoors, and they had built a ramp and some things were out in Bulgaria preaching, and the power of God fell, and people went nuts. They saw God healing. They started throwing their children on the platform, and there was cameras there, and it got chaotic. I mean, there was people, and it just got crowded and crowded. I kept backing up, backing up. I backed all the way off the platform. I am standing on nothing. I looked down. All you could see was little faces looking up like that, and I go, whoa, and jump back on the platform. I said, Lord, what in the world was that? He said, that was me keeping you from being really embarrassed. <laughs> Is this true? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Oh, man, I was in a big swanky church. I was in a big swanky church in the uh, uh, Dallas area. And they, they had built their pulpit sort of like Spurgeon's. It, it went out like this, you know, and around. And so I'm used to walking around when I preach. So I'm up there preaching, having a good time. And I took a step, and there's no step there. Uh, and I'm falling down. As I'm falling down, notes from a Bible are flying everywhere. And a verse came to me. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I thought, well, who took that one? Because... You know, you can't, a guy my size can't hardly fall like a ballet or something. I went down with a thud. You know, I got to thinking. I've done some pretty serious, dumb things. Now, my wife Carolyn is here. She can verify this. We're at a church, and uh, they had put us in a little green room right next to the, where the pulpit is. But, and so uh, the, they're having their praise and worship, and it's wonderful. And I'm supposed to come out in a moment and preach. So my wife is over there, and, uh, and I were in the little office there, and the music, you can because you can hear everything, you're just one door away. And now, I don't know how to describe what happened, but I'll just tell you. The music sounding good, and I'm studying the, the passages that I'm going to speak on. And I had a pen, a writing pen in my hand, and a cap, the little cap that goes over the writing pen. And I got a little, you know, I don't know. I just kind of got caught up. And somehow, I started running the pen up my nose, keeping time with the music. And all, one, then it stayed up there. The top came off, and it's somewhere in the. I'm not turning, turning. You down, honey, honey. Couldn't talk, snot going everywhere. Is this true? She thought she was going to have to go out there and say to this whole congregation, "Bobby's on the way to have emergency surgery." We'll see. Now, that now, who's going to stick a pen up? But that see. I was just kind of caught up in another world, and I was just, you know, and that thing got up there, and I panicked. It, you, uh, listen, stuff was running out. I said, God, what am I going to do? 
And he said, settle down. He said, take your other finger, stick it in the nostril and blow hard. And it fell out. Do what? Kilgore, Texas. That's exactly right. That's where it was. But I've done some bloopers, man. I fell off the platform and some lot of other stuff, but I won't talk about that. Uh, anyway, I'm just glad to be here today. And I, you know, I'm going to tell you, uh, a lot of times people think, well, oh man, that this 2023 is just going to be a continuance of 2022. No, it's not. It's not. I'll tell you what it's going to be. It's going to be Psalm 6511. Psalm 6511 says, he crowns this year with his goodness. And everywhere his chariot wheels roll, it drips with fatness. This is not going to be a time of lack. This is not going to be a time of, uh, no, God is going to show up, show off in such a magnitude we've never seen it before. I promise you. He said to me, prepare the people. We've never been where we're going now. So you better get ready. I'm telling you, the, the shepherd's rod for this year, uh, out of all the 28 years that we've done the shepherd's rod, none of them started like this one. I'm telling you, God is up to something, and he's, going, he's rendered a verdict for us. It's in the book of Daniel. Uh, it's, uh, the whole theme of the shepherd's rod for this, uh, this year, 2023, is the verdict of God. God has rendered a verdict. Here's what it said in the book of Daniel. The evil forces, the evil horns that talks about the antichrist, the demons, and everything that's anti-God, ruled and raged over the saints of God and prevailed over them until, until something changed. It said, it said the ancient of days stands and drops his gavel and renders a verdict in behalf of the saints of God. And it said they will, they will possess the kingdom. And then the Lord told me, said, you tell my people they're going to pursue and get back everything the devil stole. Everything. Yes, we're going to pursue, overtake, and recover it all. Yeah, I mean that. I, okay, so I, I am fired up about what's going to happen this year. I'm telling you, you say, well, you know, uh, no, no, we've never seen what God's going to do. He's going to show up and demonstrate his power in such a way the biggest word across the church will be awestruck. That means our eyes will pop out, our mouths will fall open, our knees will faint. I'm telling you, we're going to see God in a dimension we've not seen him before. Remember John the Revelator? He turned and he saw the risen, ruling Redeemer and he fell at his feet as though he were dead. All right, but what are we going to do now? We're going to quit fretting and worrying. I'm telling you, I'm tired of seeing people at the drugstore buying medication for anxiety. Stop it. You cannot medicate anxiety. You have to repent of it. So here we go. You ready? Yes, Bobby, yes. All right, here we go. I'm in Philippians, or Philippians is in me. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Just stop having anxiety. Well, Bobby, oh, listen, you don't know, brother, what I'm going through. The key is through. He won't leave you in the middle of your mess. Yea, though I walk through the valley. Say, I'm coming through. And it's such a shocking thing. Right in the middle of the battle, Psalms 23 says, God hollers time out 
and throws us a victory banquet. He anoints my head with oil. Okay, here we go. Verse, uh, Philippians 4, verse 6, do not fret or have anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petitions, uh, it says, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will do what? Keep your hearts and your minds. You don't have to get, well, you know, I took my pill and I'm kind of chilling out. No, put your focus on him. Isaiah 26.3, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. We gotta get away from trying to do the world's way. I'm telling you there's a way that seems right, but here's what we gotta do. We've gotta start putting our, our trust in the Lord. And listen, uh, I like that, okay, be anxious for nothing. Lord, we repent for being anxious. You know, I don't know what we're gonna do. There's no baby formula, you know, and the eggs have gone sky high. It's a foul thing, isn't it? Yeah, good. Okay. I'll tell you what, if it wasn't so serious, it would be comical. Oh, what are we gonna do? We're children of the Most High God. Fear not. I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. That's what God says. We're more than conquerors. No weapon formed against us will prosper. I'm telling you. So let's look at some stuff. All right, Bobby, let's do it. Here we go. I've got all the way over here to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to talk about how to regain your confidence. You ready? Yes. Here we go. Isaiah 40, starting with verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint nor grow weary, and there is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint. You go, here I am. No, we got to get our focus back on God. Have you not heard? Didn't you get the memo? And look what it says. Uh, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of, ends of the earth uh, does not faint nor grow weary and there's no searching of his understanding. That means he's not going to go, well, I don't know what you're supposed to do. God's got a good plan for us. It works out every time. Put Jeremiah 29, 11 in your heart. I know my thoughts, I think towards you, declares the Lord, this everlasting God. I'm, he's got good plans for us. That verse 29 says, he gives power to the faint and weary and to him who has no might. He, almighty God, increases strength, causing it to multiply and make it to abound. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the selected young men shall be feeble and stumble. But they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Now, you say, well, Bobby, what am I going to do? Do what it says. They that wait upon the Lord. Well, you say, well, what does that mean, Bobby? It means you put yourself before the Lord and say, oh, Lord, my focus, my focus is on you. I, I want to hear what you have to say. The Bible said, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. But if we got our focus on everything but him, we're, go we're going to be mixed up. Well, you know, because Lord, 
There's so much misinformation going around the world, but the only real solid, sure foundation is that book right there. The grass withers, the flowers fade away, but the word of our God will stand. And I'm telling you guys, we better get our hearts and our minds saturated with the word of God. It won't fail us. I'm telling you, it is absolutely steadfast. And you know, there's people who go, well, you know, that's just man's word about God. And I've had them say, you know, there's mistakes in there. I go, oh, there is? Yes. I said, show me one. They can't. I don't care for how many degrees he got. They can't because there's no mistake in here. The word of the Lord is perfect, the Bible said. Yeah, that's what the Bible said. Well, yeah, I got stuff. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes I get so excited, I forget to swallow, and I get a, I get a fur ball here, you know. Carolyn, she sits there, and she kind of watches to make sure nothing like that is happening. So if it's happening, she'll go, that, that, that means I'm supposed to wipe my mouth. So she was sitting, she was sitting right on the front one time, and I looked down there, and my Lord, it looked like she's trying to land a 747. I thought, oh, my zipper's undone. That wasn't it. Guess what it was? I was walking around, and a sock was hanging out my pants leg. <laughs> Stack to what? Polyester pants. Uh, somehow I'd worked up some kind of static electricity, and it, it, I looked like Zeus or something. That's a, that's, but anyway, I've had some bloopers, hadn't I? Oh, man. Mm. Here's one. I'm off in, I think, I don't know, maybe Argentina, I think it was. Scheduled out, really, really tight schedule. And I thought, I thought I was, it was my day off before I had to go. So I was in a hotel and got in the business suite. And I'm sorry? Brazil? That's where I was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I was so confused I didn't know where I was. But then. Here's what, here's what happened. I had me some uh, real comfortable uh, pajama-looking pants, and uh, they, they were kind of big on the bottom and stripes and all that. And so I wasn't going to see anybody because I was going to be in the uh, office up there working. So I, I had on a pullover T-shirt, and, and so I'm in there working. And somebody burst through the door. Are you Bobby Connor? Yeah. You're supposed to be at my church preaching and we're late. I said, come on, we gotta go. I go, let me change. No, we gotta go. Get there, big old cameras from all over the world. I look like a hayseed, man. Hey, here's one about Benny Hinn. Hey, now, we was in Israel when this happened. TBN and all those cameras were there. And Benny had asked me to speak. And okay, so I get up that morning and I didn't want to dress up, you know what I mean. We're out in the, the ocean there, you know, uh, there in the Holy Lands. So back then, I had some Zubas, their sports pants. And uh, the, the ones I had on was the ones from the Cincinnati Bengals, striped. 
yeah, you know, orange and stuff, striped. it. So I, I, I was thinking, well, apparently not very heavy thinking. The Lord said, uh, I said, I'm going to wear these Zubas. And uh, I thought to myself, so I put on the Zubas and I put on a pullover uh, shirt with an eagle on it. I go out to preach for Benny Hinn and I walk out there and he goes, good God, Bobby, you look like a zebra. <laughs> The Lord said, who are you dressing for, me or Benny? So I just stayed in the Zubas. That's going to be okay. Don't worry. It'll be all right. Look, look at John the Baptist, you know. I, I was in a meeting once, and one of our prophetic friends were there, and I heard some people behind me said, he couldn't be a prophet. Look how he's dressed. <laughs> you know, uh, look, uh, look at John the Baptist. Camel hair in the crooked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let, let's find out what God's plot and God's plan is for us. Oh, boy. Verse 29 said, He gives power to the faint and to the weary and to him that has no might. He increases strength, causing it to multiply and to make it abound. Even, I'm telling you, if you'll focus on God, He will take your weariness and turn you into a warrior. Yeah, yeah Bobby, I don't conflict. No! You are the angels of God came uh, this day of atonement, and I'll tell you, they're warring. Their, their wings sounded like uh, Huey helicopters, and they started screaming, divine urgency, awake the warriors, mobilize the church. Now, we have got to mobilize the church. Amen. The word mobilization is a military term. Getting the troops to the most advantageous place for victory. And we cannot sit on the sideline any longer. We have got to get on the front line. And it's going to be prayer and fasting and declaring. I'm telling you, you carry power in your mouth. The power of life and death is in your tongue. And we need to start declaring some things. Job 22, 28. And you shall, you shall discern a thing. You shall declare a thing and it'll be established for you. It says, make up your mind what you want. Tell God what that is and he'll get it for you. It says, and you shall decide a thing. Then you decree what you've decided and the Lord will establish it and the light of his favor will shine upon your pathway. Now, we're talking about what does 2023 hold? We have Psalms 65, 11. Here's one, you read it? Yeah. Psalms 84, 11. Put it down, put it on your mirror. This is what you can expect, 2023. Psalms 84, 11. He will give us present day favor Future, glory, honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. That's Psalms 84, 11. Have you noticed when you keep your focus on him, you go from one level to the next level? I prophesied about it, prophesied about the pandemic. I said it'll be a shakeup for a wake up to bring the body of Christ to embrace a greater glory. I'll tell you, we're going to see and embrace a greater glory. Wow. It's, it's time to be bold and brave, and it's time to be excited. Well, I've seen it all. We ain't seen nothing. We ain't seen nothing. About the time you get to where you think, well, you know, I, I've been in this so long and seen so much, there's nothing that could surprise me. I'll tell you, God will knock your socks off. He, he'll show up and show off. I really mean it. Uh, in the shepherd's rod that's coming at, this, at the printer's, I share an event where I met the Ancient of Days. It almost killed me. 
I, I see, it's the Ancient of Days that rendered that verdict. That means God in his majesty and his power. And boy, uh, here, here's how it happened. I, I, I write about it in the shepherd's rod. We're, I'm in bed, sound asleep. And all of a sudden, a being comes into my room. So bright, it blinded me. And I got called up into a passageway and got caught up into heaven and saw the Ancient of Days. And uh, I'm telling you, there's one little bitty book about it, isn't it, out there? But uh, I'm telling you, God said, we, we are going to see him in such uh, a manner that we've never seen him before. And we're going to be awestruck. And we're, we're going to realize, hey, we're in good hands. We're not free falling. The hand of the Lord, the right hand of God has grasped us. And he will not let us fall. He's giving us hind's feet that we can run over a troop. We can run up a wall. Isn't that amazing? Okay. Well, Bobby, what, what, else, what else do you want to do? I want us to see the Lord in his majesty. Don't you? And he wants to be seen in his majesty. You say, well, Bobby, uh, how do you do that? Praise. We enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. Now, I'm telling you, most of the time we enter his courts, it's a plea. Oh, God, I need. Now, I, that's okay. Let all requests be made known unto God. But sometimes, why don't we just come and brag on Jesus? Lord, I love you. you, you know, instead of going, I need, he, he understands that. But we shouldn't start our prayer with, oh, God, would you? I'm telling you, we need to praise him for who he is. He inhabits the praise of his people. And have you ever noticed the Bible calls there several different methods uh, and, and meaning of praise? But have you ever noticed the one that says, offer the sacrifice of praise? You know why? When you need to do it the most is when you feel like it the least. You, you've got to learn how to praise him. In the time of tragedy and trauma, begin to praise him. You are my God. You said no evil will befall me. And begin to pray back to God what God has promised you. And use your verbiage to pull yourself up out of that pit of despair. I'm telling you, your words can become a weapon. You can bind and you can loose with your words. And just begin to praise him. Just say, God, I praise you. I thank you, God, that I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. I want to thank you, God, that you said I am the head and not the tail. Well, you know, brother, that, you know, I don't want to get into that name it and claim it. Well, I do. You have not because you ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it'll be opened. Well, you know, he knows what I need. Well, that's not enough. I mean, you need to ask him. We have not because we ask not. Ask. Verbalize. Get on your heart, your face and, your, and, and begin to cry out, Oh, God, I want your glory to be seen in my life. He wants to show up in your life. Yeah. I dare you to start being more vocal about who you are and whose you are. Listen. Oh, man. I travel a lot, get in airports, there's all kind of people, you know. So I'm up there and, you know, the planes are not really, really reliable like they should have been. And Anyway, I've got a couple of layovers and one thing. And so I'm, I'm there, sitting there, about half asleep, going, God, what is this all about? 
and there's a guy over there who walks in, a businessman looking, and there's some uh, place to plug, plug your computer in and all this. Every other word coming out of this guy's mouth was blasphemous and vulgar. A grown man. And I'm sitting, I'm, I'm sitting uh, I don't know, 15 yards, 20 yards away from him. But you, every word is good. And the Lord said, what are you going to do about that? I said, what do you want me to go do about it? He said, I want you to go over there and confront this man about his vulgar language. Amen. I said, all right. And, uh, so I go over there and he said, what the Frankie want or something with, a, you know, I said, I want you to shut your vul vulgar mouth. Amen. There's women around, there's children around. And so uh, guess what? He packed up his briefcase and he was gone. See, we don't have to put up with all that kind of trash. Here's another story. It says, right? Carol and I were going to uh, Florida to be in a Benny Hinn thing. And so I, I, when I get on a plane, I just I, I'd suck my head back like this and I was asleep. Carolyn wakes me up. She said, Bobby. I said, yeah, we're up in the air. Bobby. I said, yes. She said, these two men behind us are talking the most vulgar you've ever heard. So I kind of shook me and I could hear them. And they were, they talked like they were from New York, you know, kind of a, they already you know, had two strikes against them, you know, no, no. <laughs> Here's what happened. They were using everything, every kind of vulgar word right behind us. And listen, I was about half mad because Carolyn woke me up and then I was real mad when I, I turned around and I told those guys, I said, if you guys don't know how to talk, I'll, I'll teach you how to talk. Yeah, I was about, you know, I was about this close to single, you know, kind of <laughs> like the symbols cling. So, okay, I'm in it. They knew I'm in it. So we stayed there, what, four days, three days, get back on our return trip. And behind us was two businessmen. They said, ma'am, ma'am, we want a different seat. <laughs> Is this true? Oh, well, that's good. See, you don't have to put up with all that. Well, you know, it's just part of the culture. No, no, change the culture. Amen. Now, I don't want to get real, real, uh, well, I don't mind it. I'm, like I told you, I ride the plane all the time. And uh, most of the time I'll buy the cheapest ticket and beg God to bump me up. You know, that works pretty well. So anyway, I'm sitting there and here comes this big old, look like a college wrestler or something. Had a big old ball cap on, and sometimes I'll just read the cap, you know, and just to kind of see. This one, you didn't have to strain. Words about that big, F you! That's what it said. I thought, wait a minute. I want to see a cross and some praying hands or something, and here's this vulgar word, letters this big on the cap. I said, God, that's really offensive. He said, well, what are you going to do about it? I said, what do you want me to do about it? He said, I want you to challenge him. I said, on the plane? He said, no, at the luggage rack, you know, where you get off to get. So I thought, okay, you set it up, I'll do it. I'm your man. All right. So sure enough, here comes the fella. I got my little bag off of there, and he's standing right there. And I, I, I just thought, well, Lord, put anything into my mouth I need to say. And here's what I said to him. Hey, 
He goes, yeah. I said, you must be really insecure. What do you mean? I said, to wear something like that. You need attention so bad. I said, what you need to do is begin to turn your life to Christ. Oh, he, he was mad for a moment. He said, I think you're right. That's what he said. He said, I think you're right. And I said, if you'll let me put my hand on you, I'll find out where the problem started. And he said, put your head. I said, yes, I just want to touch you on the shoulder. And I touched him on the shoulder. And um, I saw that he had a brother that the daddy loved more than him. And that's where this, this thing, and I told him that. And just wept like a little kid. See, we, we go, oh, well, I don't want to get involved. You are involved. You're the salt and the light. Yes. And if the salt has lost its ability to function, we got to stand up for what God wants us to stand up for. We don't have to put up with all that. We're different. You understand that? We can change the course with, with standing up, but we don't, well, you know, I don't want to get involved. You're involved. You are involved. You're the soldiers of the Lord. You're the city set on a hill that cannot and will not be hidden. Oh, i tell you what, the plane. Like I told you, uh, I, I usually buy the economic ticket and then beg God to bump me up. And so one time, uh, most of the time it'll happen. And this time, uh, they called me up there and said, here, we've, uh, you've been upgraded. I go, I'm so thankful. So I go back and I'm st- sticking my little first class ticket in my pocket. The Lord said, do you know why I bumped you up? They go, no. He said, there's going to be a person get on the plane and they're going to ask you what, you, uh, what God has said to you about them. And I said, okay, you're telling me you bumped me up so the, per- the person that comes in is going to ask me what you said to me for him. He said, that's it. I said, well, what, did, what do you say? <laughs> and he said, I want you to look him straight in the face and say, Yes, your grandmother was right. I thought, okay. So here I am. I'm right there on that first seat in first class. And people are getting on. The Lord said, nope, that's not him. Nope, 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 nope. Right before the door closed, here he comes. And he just fell in there. Right there. He had beautiful western-looking clothes on. Um, But he looked washed out, man. But the clothes were magnificent. There he is sitting there. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. And so we start pulling out. Now this is a, and here's what he did. You ready? He reached over there and grabbed me like this, jerked me up to him and said, are you the guy that's supposed to tell me? He said, I said, yes, I am. He said, well, you better tell my ASS everything. That's what he said, you know. Now, see, it was instant ministry. I said, well, uh, here it is. Your grandmother was right. And the reason this guy was up tight so much, he was a country and western uh, kind of, they had a band, a plane crashed, killed everybody on it but him. And so that was the first time he had been on a plane since that. And so anyway, but he said, he was, he was and so anyway, I told him, I said, the Lord told me to tell you, your grandmother was right. I said, what did your grandmother tell you? He said, most of, the, most of our songs were anti-God that they played. And uh, he said, uh, when, I, when I was a little boy, 
my grandmother lived right beside us, and he said every morning she'd come sit on the porch swing with me, waiting for the bus to come get me, and said uh, she would swing in the swing with me and tell me about Jesus. I said, well, the Lord said to tell you, your grandmother was right, and we were able to lead him to Christ, and he, he tried to get me to get off the plane, go bass fishing with him. I said, no, I appreciate the offer, but isn't that crazy? But see, we gotta, we've got to be light and got to be salt. We can't just be neutral. Yeah, we're not supposed to, we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be really bold. Is that correct? All right, well, you say, well, the Bible said the righteous will be as what? Bold as a lion. Said the wicked's running, nobody's even chasing. People go, well, you know, I don't want to be pushy. We better be a little pushy. The, the enemy is pushy, isn't he? Look what he's trying to do. He's trying to, uh, listen, we have got to put a stop to what's happening to our kids in public school. It's absolutely criminal. It really is. God says, you train up a child in the way he's to go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. Now we're sending him off and they, they foul up their mind. Well, how do you know you're not a girl? Uh, now, I, I don't want to get into all this stuff. Look, that's how you know. You, know, you, you don't have to have any hormone. God made a male and female. Amen. But see, some left wing, well, you know, you could be. No, you're who God made you to be. And we've got to challenge that. I believe every teacher ought to be fired that puts up with that kind of stuff, trying to brainwash your, the children. Anyway, I'm, we're not going to have it, are we? No. We ought to show up at every school board meeting and protest it. That's right. That's right because, listen, we're paying them to corrupt the minds of our children. We're not going to put up with that, are we? Answer is no. What are we going to do? We're going to start praying that every hidden work of darkness will surface and have to be dealt with. That's pretty neat, and it can happen. It can happen. I can go into a city in anywhere in the world and the Lord will show me the curse over that city. That's pretty crazy, but it's, it's, it's true. Uh, anyway, I've been there and when sometimes a city person killed themselves because the crime was made known. Isn't this crazy? But see, God shares his secrets with his servants, the prophets. I'm telling you, a lot of times you, you'll see something and uh, I've, I've got in trouble with people, uh, governments about stuff like that. Lord said, I'll show you the curse over Switzerland. It was where they had, uh, they was, had taken the gold from the, Nazis, from the Nazis and hid it there. Yeah, that's true, they remember. Anyway, what are we going to do during this time? We're not going to go, well, I'm just going to bide my time. No, we're not going to waste a single day. Lord, teach me to number my days that I might apply my heart to wisdom. <clears throat> Say wisdom. wisdom. Now, there's a world of difference between wisdom and knowledge. Yes. You can get knowledge at a college. Yes. You cannot get wisdom but from one source, God. And we need wisdom. Yes. James 1.22 says what? If any of us are deficient in wisdom, you know that would apply to every one of us, all of those that are watching. We need more wisdom. 
Are we, listen, our world wouldn't be in the mess we're in right now if the saints of God would walk in wisdom. And you know, you go, well, you know, uh, what I need to do, we gotta get more militant and more active. We, we can't just come to church and hallelujah and shundai. Our world needs to see that God is in control. He's in charge. He really is, and we need to start praying. And I mean believing. It's 2 Chronicles 7, 14. You've heard it a thousand times. If my people, that's us, who are called by my name, that's us, if we'll repent of our sin and turn from our wicked ways, then he'll hear from heaven. Then he'll forgive our sin and heal our land. Oh, boy. I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm shocked at how quick we've departed from the foundation that our forefathers laid. Boy, it's almost unbelievable. It, I'll tell you what it is. It's supernatural from the dark side. We've had witches and warlocks running our country. That's what we've had. Witches and warlocks. Where are the God, godly leaders? I'm telling you, we better band together and start at the ballot box. I'm telling you, if somebody's running for dog catcher, check them out. You know what I mean? We've got to stand up and be counted. One thing I've noticed is the far left is really, really militant. Don't you think? You, you don't have much, you don't have, uh, you know, they say what they want to say and they're pushy and they got a lot, a lot of money. Listen, we got the creator of the ends of the earth living inside of us. And we need to be bold and brave, very courageous. Let me go look at the Bible. There's some stuff in there. But anyway, I'm mad at some of the things that are happening in school. These little kids get them so confused. Here's something. Prophetic training. Boy, we need that. Prophetic training. Here's what we got to do. Prophetic training. We've got to keep our focus on him. So I'm glad y'all are having prophetic training. Now, one of the things that has encouraged me, the Lord said, <clears throat> you tell my people, I am preparing to answer the prayer Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 8. I said, okay, you're telling me to tell the people that you are preparing to answer the prayer Paul prayed in Colossians. He said, that's exactly what I, I'm saying. I said, I'm turning to Colossians and I'm going to see what prayer Paul prayed. You ready? Here, Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 8. It's the beginning of it is where Paul gets back a message from one of the missionary churches that he had started. And the, the report was glowing and strong and good. And the Lord said to me, I am preparing to answer Paul's prayer for everyone that's zealously in love with the Holy Spirit. Colossians chapter 1, starting now with verse 8. He also, the man comes, he also informed us of your love in the Holy Spirit. That's a little bit weak because the Greek says, you're burning zealous love for the Holy Spirit. For this reason, verse 9, you're burning zealous love. We also, from this day, we heard of it. You're burning zealous love. Have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you, asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, clear knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom 
in comprehensive insights into the ways and the purposes of God and in understanding and discerning of spiritual things. How many of you want that? Look at it. Comprehensive insights, full, deep, clear knowledge of God's will and God's purpose. Verse 10, that you might walk, live, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every work and steadily growing and increasing in and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, and clearer insights and acquaintances and recognition. Verse 11, we pray that you may be invigorated. See, we cannot grow weary in well-doing. We, with the weight upon the Lord, will renew our strength that, you, that we pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance, patience, perseverance, forbearance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us and made us fit to share the portion which is the inheritance of the saints, God's holy set-apart ones. Wow. Uh, don't you like that? Yeah, instead of you, God said, the key to get into this trophies is loving the Holy Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, have a burning, burning, zealous love for the Holy Spirit. Oh boy. I went to, a, uh, I don't know what kind of church it was once, but uh, it was, um, I don't know, dead. But very religious. You know, they had enough candles and stuff. You could have had a barbecue. But anyway, the pastor had come to one of our meetings. He said, brother, I want you to come to my church and preach and do just what you did here tonight. I said, okay. And it was some kind of, I mean, a real, real liberal uh, church. And oh, my goodness. I thought this is going to be some of the most difficult. I started preaching about the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost fell and fell on these people and we had a time. We had a time. The pastor said, can you come back next week? I said, no, it's on you. Just continue it. Just continue it. Uh, we, we've, had some, we've had some times, hadn't we? One time the Lord said, I was just waiting on the Lord and he said, uh, you're going to get two invitations to come do meetings in barns. Take both of them. I said, oh, Lord, okay, I'm going to get uh, two invitations to go to somewhere and minister in barns. He said, yep. Uh, hung up, got it in the office, and phone rang, ring. I picked it up. This guy says, hello, you don't know me, but I'm from Oklahoma. Lord told me if I'd called you, uh, you'd come preach. Now, we're going to be preaching in a horse barn. I said, I'll be there. <laughs> How many times did I go there? Oh, numerous, 15, 20 times, preached in a horse barn out there in Skytook, Oklahoma. You can't hardly get there. Skytook, Oklahoma. But you talk about miracles. These big old cowboys come in, fall. They baptize them in horse troughs. And so that was pretty good. So that worked out real well. And then the next one was up there in Michigan somewhere. And... Uh, Okay, can I tell you a funny one? 
I was uh, going to do ministry somewhere, and I, I had to pull over and find a place to park. And I'm trying to park, and th- there's a car there in the in the other uh, slot, and the the there it, it's almost surrounded by nuns, Catholic nuns. They got their little hats and their little things on. And I, I'm, I'm trying to get my door and my briefcase and stuff. And I hear them. And here they are. Oh, me. Oh, dear me. Oh, what will we do? We must pray to St. Peter. I, I said, okay. So I go over there to these little, they're beautiful little ladies. And I said, uh, uh, is there a problem? She said, yes. We've lost the car keys. But we must pray to St. Peter that he'll show us where they are. I said, this is, here's what I said. I said, let's cut Pete out of this. And we'll just talk to Jesus and ask him where your car keys are. They looked at me like, is he sacrilegious? And I said, no, Jesus will show me where your, your car keys are. They go, okay. I said, Lord Jesus, show me where these car keys are. Instantly. I saw the license plate on this car. You could pull the license plate down. That's where the gas, you, and they had, that's where the keys were. I walked over there and jerked that thing down. And I, oh my, they go, how did you do that? I said, the Holy Ghost of God. And they said, uh, they came to the meeting. They said, we want to go where you're going. Amen. And they came up there. They came up there for prayer. You should have seen them. Oh Lord, there they are. They're scared stiff. They've never seen anything like this, only some car keys, and there they are. They said, we want you to pray for us that we will have this kind of insight. There they are, they're like this. I said, okay. And I, I just said, Lord, give them everything they need, just like that. Holy Ghost knocked them all down. They're rolling around, the little hats are off, their, their robes are over. That row of nuns got up there as drunk as everything. <laughs> they go, how long will this last? I go, you can renew every morning. Is that, but see, we've got a message the whole world needs to hear. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we've been able to preach in places like that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. The thing we've got to do is preach the word. Don't, don't say, well, you know. No, God still does what he used to do. Yes. He, he really does. And so he can do it to us and through us if we'll let him. Don't you think? Aren't these children wonderful? I, I've been delighted to watch the little children come with the flags. See, one day they'll be 15, 20, 26. They'll remember trotting through here, waving a flag. Bring them up in the way they have to go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. And so, boy, have you read what Jesus said about hindering one of these? It'd be better you were never born than to hinder one of these little ones that are coming to him. Said it'd be better for you that a big rock put around your neck and you dropped off in the ocean than to hinder one of these little ones. That's right. They're precious. I'll tell you about these little ones. You ready? Here's what Jesus said. Except you become as a little child. You cannot see or enter the kingdom. I suggest we're going to have to digress to advance. Well, I'm telling you, when you get to where we think, well, you know, 
I'm doctor, this thing, I'm, I got enough D's. And Chill out. Just say, God, I come like a little child. Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the things that uh, I, I can be pretty childish and childlike. <laughs> oh, I got my little grandson. Good gracious. He, how old is Brandon now? 27. Oh, Lord. Everything he sees, that's mine. You know. Oh, he's been that way ever since he could talk. Carolyn had found a big sale on chewing gum and bought a whole bunch of chewing gum. Uh, she gives it away to different homes and stuff like that. And she had put some in the dr bottom dresser drawer. This was years ago. My little grandson, he was little then. And so I I'm laying in bed acting like I'm asleep. And he comes. And he comes over there to the dresser. And he pulls the dresser drawer open. Here's what he said. He said, praise the Lord. Look, look what Mimi's got for me. That's what he said. I still acting like I'm asleep. He got a wad of gum. Boy, he looked like a chipmunk. But see, I like that. He realized where it came from. Praise the Lord. Look what, I'll tell you what, God did some wonderful, wonderful things. One time uh, he had a, I don't know what kind of problem with the overbite or whatever. And one time when he, was, he got big enough to realize, and he, it uh, impaired his talking and all that, people would make fun of him. He'd knock them out. That's true in school. Yeah, and then, yeah, 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 then, yeah. So he came to me, and here's what he said. Pepo preach, why did Jesus make my mouth like this? That's what he said. You know, there's no quick answer for that. I said to him, I said, Brandon, I do not know why Jesus made your mouth like this, but I do know this, he's going to fix it. They were wanting surgery and all that kind of stuff, and God, God fixed his mouth. He's as articulate and can talk. Yeah. He did have braces, but they, they wanted to do jaw breaking and all this kind of stuff. But uh, see, God has the answer for everything if we'll give him the chance to speak. And he can do it. All right, we've got to go here in a minute. Good. Okie dokie. Isn't it strange how God works? I don't know how many years ago it was, several years ago. I was down there in Morningstar, and we was up in a, 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 up, upstairs there, and there was some little gal there about like that, and I looked at her, and what did I say? One day you'll be running this whole thing. And uh, that, she's, uh, she's uh, uh, the secretary of the whole thing right now. And I forgot all about it. She said, I forget how many years back. She said, you remember when you prophesied? I said, well, what did I say? And I said, I remember that, you know. Isn't that crazy? See, when a promise of God comes, tarry for it. Wait on it. Don't say, well, I thought, but now. No, don't substitute your second for his best. You know, you, we talked about that. See, Follow him. His plans are always better. They're as high as the heavens above how bigger than our plans. Is that true? Yes. We got to go now in a moment. Okay. I know I've got to go. I got, I got something for you. What you got? I got a testimony for you. you. Let's hear it. I brought my left shoe. Uh-huh. You see my left foot? Uh-huh. It's in this stupid splint because I broke my ankle. We don't want that. I'm, I'm not going home in this. 
That's right. Let's, I brought my left shoe. Brought, brought her left shoe. <laughs> see, the Lord is the healer. He's the same yesterday. And you can see in the Bible where people that were crippled and lame, they, they picked up their bed and walked. Okay? So ask him. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Here I am. Here I am. I'm asking you, I'm Lord. Asking you, Lord. Heal my leg. Heal my foot, my ankle, my bone. I ask right now that you would make me ever withhold. Ever withhold. I want to go home in the shoe. Hang on to God till you can stomp and dance, okay? Okay. And then I'm going to let you know. That's good. It's going to be a testimony. Yeah. And you're going to tell him that this bold woman named Catherine got her ankle healed. Got her ankle healed. Did you know one of the ways to get healed is persistence? Because you said persistence. a man named Stephen got his yeah. ankle healed. Yeah. And now I'm telling you, I'm going to get my ankle healed. That's right. That's what you do. Just tell him, say, Lord. my shoe. That's good. She's got her shoe. That's right. I like that. I like perseverance, don't you? Do what? How's that? Give him a chance to do it is right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. The great physician. Oh, I, I like that. I like when the doctors go, this, we can't explain this. Well, you can't hardly explain a miracle, but you can experience it. Yeah. Remember poor old blind Bartimaeus? Hey, hey, yeah. See there? See there? Are you going to stomp and dance? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> See? God can do anything. He still does anything. Remember poor old blind Bart? <laughs> That's in the Bible. And Bartimaeus began to cry out louder. Lord! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Good. Good. Oh, blind Bart. Remember him? Even amongst a bunch of unbelievers, old blind Bart wouldn't give up. Remember they ran over there and said, shh, this is not for you. And he began to cry out more a great deal. Yeah, and I'll tell you, God still does what he says he'll do. <laughs> there you go. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you for health and healing. <laughs> All right. Isn't that wonderful? See, we, we didn't get it somewhere and go, well, you act like you got a broke leg. No, God hates that kind of stuff. He wants us to be open and transparent. I like it when things grow out and things fall off. Yeah. Uh, he can do anything. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he still does it. 
He's the same. There you go. See there. There you go. See there. That's right. Guess how you're. Guess how you're healed by His stripes. We are healed. That's good, isn't it? All right. <laughs> yeah. Thank the Lord. There you go. If you want healing, I suggest you just reach out and take it. It doesn't matter how long you've been in a plague or a problem. He can turn things around. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you like that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's neat, isn't it? Yeah. That's good. See? You go, well, <laughs> no, it, it doesn't matter to me one iota how God does it, just so he gets the glory. Just so he gets the glory. That's right. He gets the glory. By his stripes we are healed. He's the healer in me. You and I are, we're, you and I are just a tool. He's, he's the healer. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's wonderful. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's good. I, I like when the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. See, Jesus did that. Look here. In this Bible right here, I've got prayer clause William Brennan prayed over. Because Jesus Christ is the same. And we pray over prayer clause. People get healed. I'm telling you, if you can find it in here, Deuteronomy 29, 29 said, The things that are revealed belong to us and to our descendants. The secrets of the Lord are with those that fear him and he'll show you his secrets. Deuteronomy 29, 29 talks about the secrets of the Lord and it talks about he will make them known to us and God wants to do some wonderful things and he still does it, doesn't he? Oh man, I, I, love, I love that. That we don't have to talk about all that he just did in the past. He wants to be the God of now. Today, if you hear his voice, don't calcimate your heart. Don't make your heart hard. Today, you say, you mean you can hear his voice? Yes. If you're born again, one of his sheep, you can hear him. Yeah, John 10, 3, my sheep hear my voice. That's good, isn't it? Now, you say, well, why don't God ever do anything for me? It could be your attitude. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Yeah. Well, I tried it back in 57. No. Ask God, search me, O God, and try me. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in a way that's eternal and everlasting. Amen. See, they can be something in your spirit you don't even know is there. 
and God can expose it. Boy, I want him to. I don't want anything dark and deceptive hiding in my heart. I want him to turn on the light. Guess where one of the most uh, unique lights are in America? It's stunning. Surgery room. Surgery room. That light over the, where the surgeons do their work. It's, the, it's as shiny here as it is at the very tip. Isn't that pretty wild? And I, I want that. I want the light on. I don't want somebody trying to operate on me in the dark. We need to come to the light as he's in the light. And we need to say, search me, O God, and try me. Sift of any wickedness in me. Guys, and here it is. It's the little bitty foxes that spoil the vines. It's those little things that we call inconsequential. You know, well, I didn't mean to do it. Well, repent. Just say, Lord, I am so sorry. We don't want to sin because we don't want to do anything that will break his heart. We want to be well-pleasing to him. Well, that was good. Well, you, I don't know you. That'll be your luggage now. You're, you're, you're throwing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. We, I, I watched a guy hold his arm out and metal run out the. The Lord said, "I'm here to take metal out of the bodies." The guy stood up and held his arm out like that, and it looked like mercury. You know that uh, stuff. That's what it looked like running out of the and dripping down on the floor. I said, what happened? He said, I had titanium rods. I think he fell off a motorcycle or something. But anyway, got totally healed. God heals people, doesn't he? Looky there. Yeah. Little children, aren't they wonderful? Oh, man. I believe they deserve more than we're giving them. I don't know exactly how to explain it to you, but we've lost the ability to communicate. And it's something like this. I'm in the airports every, all the time, and I see little ones, little, little bitty ones. And I mean, when you should be having dialogue with your children, they're on the sofa. And some of the things they're playing with is deadly and dangerous. Uh, and we need to watch what they're watching. I'm telling you because there's predators out there, aren't they? Yes. 